This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coming up. We want answers. We want to know where Amber is. Amber, we need you. Your kids need you. Family means too much to her for her to do something like this. So we feel that she's in danger. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. She took care of her girls. She... She really did. She has four girls and they miss her like crazy. Developing tonight, Genoa police are searching for a missing mother of four. Investigators say Amber Eichner's estranged husband dropped her four kids off at a family member's home in Tennessee last week, but her family's not heard from her since earlier this month and they're very concerned. If you have any information, call Genoa police. A 43-year-old man is behind bars in Ohio for the murder of his wife. John Eichner was on the run before police caught up with him. I'm joined by Michael Tater at WTOL. Michael, tell us how this case first came to light. So this was very interesting because uh, my station was the first that reported on the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation was searching uh, what we now know was Amber Eichner's home in Genoa, Ohio. And we were the first station to go out there that Tuesday night while they were searching the the residents with uh, blue lights and and canine dogs uh, the night before, uh, I guess you could say the public search started for for Mrs. Eichner. Um, so that was the first that we started reporting, and then I was assigned to the story the next day. It was that Wednesday. I wound up speaking speaking with family about this case and about where Amber was and how long she had been missing. And then it kind of just snowballed from there. Michael, before we go any further, what can you tell us about Amber Eichner, what you've come to learn? Yes, yes. She, uh, I spoke to, uh, at this point, I've spoken to several of her cousins, uh, her sister and her brother, a very large family, very extended family. Uh, she's from here in Toledo, but also has family down in Tennessee. Uh, cousins, a lot of people that loved Amber and, uh, you know, described her as a great mother, um, described her as a very selfless person, someone who looked out for other people more than herself, uh, you know, clearly her kids. Um, and then just uh, even at her memorial, you know, two weeks later that they had in Genoa, several people came forward that were friends of Amber when she was younger and said, you know, I regret not being able to keep in contact with her because she was there for me in a very difficult time of my life. So, you know, I get the impression that Amber was a very, very selfless person uh, and a, a good member of the community. And so it became apparent right away that John Eichner was missing as well. Yes. So the first interview I did with uh, Erica Seymour, who is uh, Amber's cousin and her sister, Brittany, uh, Amber's sister, Brittany, uh, was that they believed that John was somehow involved. They had been having uh, marital problems uh, within the last two months over the course of their entire relationship is what I've learned from the family. But the last two months, things were 
hectic to say the least. And uh, apparently about a month before this all happened, uh, Erica says that Amber did come to her saying um, she wanted a divorce and she was going to leave and go down to Tennessee. But uh, things quickly changed and she changed her mind. And that's when things started getting uh, fishy, according to to Erica. And uh, at, at that point, I guess, you know, things turn, returned to what had been going on between Amber and her husband. And when things, when she eventually did go missing and they, I guess the kids, they found out that the kids were dropped off at family in Tennessee, they assumed John was either with Amber or, or the, the two were, you know, both of their, their missing cases were connected. So the kids are dropped off in Tennessee, both John and Amber are missing. What happens next with the investigation, Michael? Yeah, at that point, the the case that was originally, the missing persons case was originally filed with the Genoa Police Department, which, you know, that's the local police department that you'll start with. But they turned the investigation over to the Ottawa County Sheriff's Office. And then uh, they enlisted the help of uh, BCI, the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation, as well as the FBI got involved in helping in this search. Um, you know, typically in these types of cases, when we have either state and even federal officials join into an investigation, uh, you know, that just ups the seriousness of the case. And in a lot of cases, uh, there's some type of, you know, foul play involved when, when feds or, or states get involved. So uh, we knew once we got a press release saying that the FBI was also involved in the search that uh, this was more serious than we had originally thought and it wasn't just a missing persons case. But then from speaking to family, uh, we could surmise that John was involved in some way with Amber's disappearance. Where and when was John Eichner apprehended? So they... uh, they apprehended him um, up here in our neck of, neck of the woods in uh, Toledo, Ohio. Uh, he was uh, two days after we did the the initial story of BCI searching the home. Uh, he was apprehended. We're not sure exactly on the timing, but we found out from local authorities, uh, the sheriff's office to be uh, exact. Um, he was apprehended. Uh, was that Wednesday night? And uh, he was apprehended by Ottawa County Sheriff's Office officers, deputies, uh, after they excavated a site in South Toledo, a home that was, is believed to be a friend of John Eichner's. John had gone to his friend, according to authorities, and asked to bury a uh, deceased dog. And the, the neighbor agreed to it. And uh, we're not sure on the timetable of when that happened, but... Uh, the neighbor told authorities that after he did, he felt, uh, you know, odd, suspicious of, of it and called authorities and they came and searched his property and found what were the remains of a body. The man accused of killing his estranged wife and burying her body is now facing 28 felony charges tonight. John Eichner has pled not guilty to aggravated murder and other crimes in the death of his wife, Amber. Police say Amber was last seen alive around April 14th. And so has the body been identified at this point? No, at this point, you know, we're still making calls day to day to find out if those remains are in fact Amber's. Uh, Law enforcement has taken the step forward in saying that they believe the remains belong to, 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 to Amber and they have charged 
John uh, with her death. But no, we still cannot positively confirm that that those remains are in fact Amber Eichner. Uh, we are still waiting on uh, DNA analysis to confirm that. John Eichner is behind bars. We're waiting for word on an identification of the body. Any other developments that we're waiting for, Michael? No, I mean, the latest update that we got was uh, at the end of April, April 30th, uh, John had another court hearing and changed his plea of not guilty to not guilty by reason of insanity. Um, that was something that uh, I don't want. I don't want to say was surprising, I guess, but... Um, it is something definitely to keep an, an eye on going forward in this case. Uh, based on what I've heard from Amber's family, there was a, a lot of domestic issues between the two of them. And, you know, the, the charges that he's facing, he's facing over two dozen charges right now from aggravated murder, murder, uh, tampering with evidence, which we believe is connected to the uh, cell phone um, signal that signal that pinged down in Tennessee. Um, we believe that that had to do with he went down there pretty much to uh, throw off the trail. Um, that's what law enforcement believe, and and that's where the tampering with evidence charge comes, um, as well as possession of criminal tools. Uh, so. You know, the, the charge that we, we did find out that the, the, the cause of death in this case was strangulation, which is a very personal, um, you know, frankly, personal way to kill someone. So moving forward in this case, I think it will be interesting to see if that if the judge uh, looks over that plea of insanity and, 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 and rules on that or if uh, he, he will be facing um you know, a different situation moving forward. All right, my thanks to Michael Tater at WTOL in Ohio. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here every weekday, Monday through Friday. Be sure to subscribe to the show and give us a great review if you like what you hear. And if you'd like to learn more about the show and Vault Studios, check out our Facebook group, Inside the Crime Vault.